This podcast is brought to you by Work Matters, helping you discover God's purpose for your work. To find out our Heavenly Father's unique purpose for your work life, head to workmatters.org, workmatters.org. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him. As you are hearing us this afternoon, all across Tampa Bay, all around the first coast of Jacksonville, St. Augustine, and Folkestone, Georgia, and across the country. And when I say Tampa Bay, I mean from south of Ocala to north of Fort Myers, all the way over to Disney, Thanks for tuning in this afternoon. I can't. I hope that the story you hear today will make a big impact on your lives. That's right, Jim. And so one of the things, you know, that I always like to um, just make people aware of is that we have so many um, past shows that people can listen to. And one of the things I want to encourage people is I know that in the new year, a lot of times people think about what is it that I'm going to do a little bit better this year? You know, what is something maybe I, maybe I started or I've, I've, I like the impact it's having on me, but I want to do it a little bit better. And one of the areas I often hear people talk about is I'm going to listen to more podcasts. I'm going to get more inspiration. I'm going to do my job better. And, you know, so we talk every day about connecting our faith and our work. And so I just just want to encourage our listeners to um, subscribe to our podcast, go out to whatever your favorite um, platform is, whether it's Google Play Music, if you have an Android or an iPhone, you can go to Apple's, um, the uh, iTunes, and you can also Stitcher, Overcast is a new one that we are on. Faith Play. Faith Play, tune in. Um, There's a lot of platforms out there, but you can go to iworkforhim.com and find them all on the podcast page, or just go to your favorite Um, podcast store. And if it's not there, let us know because um, we can make that happen. Pray that I get Spotify this year. That's the one I'm working on. It's a little bit tougher to go with Spotify, but I'd really like to be there. But anyway, you can then get our podcast at any time. So if you're working out, you're running, you're um, doing errands in the car, whatever you might have that time to that. Sometimes we're idle we might want to listen to something that can encourage us and inspire us. And I hope that's what the podcast will do for our listeners. All right. Perfect. That's fantastic. Check us out online. Iworkforhim.com. That's Iwork, the number four, him.com. All right. Is it all right to be pro-environment and be a Christ follower? It seems that the two are almost antithetical. Almost all who are pro-environment are anti-Jesus. Why? I think it lends itself to, ex- to an extreme misunderstanding. As Christ followers, we're called to be good stewards of all that we've been entrusted, and the earth is one of those things. Now, that doesn't mean we have to agree with everything the secular environmentalists promote. That is a whole nother show. <laughs> I believe that Jesus followers can be environmentalists and naturalists and still worship the almighty God who created it all and recognize his fascinating creative touch on all parts of our great planet. So I also believe that conservation is part of being a good steward. Today, we're going to talk with Bill Wolf and Roger Ross about conserving water, why we should do it, how it impacts all those around us, and how it impacts our budgets, the bottom line. Bill and Roger with Think Utility Services, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you, you inviting us. us. Well, we're excited. We're really grateful to have you guys as new partners with us on I Work For Him. And I love it when we can share stories. So, Bill, we'll start with you because you are the owner. Why don't we just talk about your faith story? How did you come to be a follower of Jesus? Well, about 1980, I was working with a gentleman uh, at my dad's plumbing company, and he ended up sharing Christ with me. And uh, we were both brought up Catholic, both altar boys and so forth. So he ended up giving me a Bible, which was something that really, as I was born and raised a Catholic, you know, you didn't usually read a Bible. So I started reading the Bible and God just, you know, just ransacked my heart, showed me where I was missing it. 
and I ended up giving my you know life to Christ back in 1980. So wow. now you just said something that's been said many times on the air that as a Catholic you didn't read your Bible, right? And so I don't want people to hear that we're criticizing. Catholics, but we just want to encourage every Catholic that's out there listening to read their Bible for Absolutely. themselves. Absolutely, and and for whatever faith you are, I mean the the yeah. Word of God is the, is the uh, really the menu for us, right? Mm-hmm. And it's certainly hard to bake a cake without following the recipe. And God gave us a recipe many years ago. So you'll hear th- different things from different preachers and teachers and priests and so forth. But get into the get into the uh, word of God and you'll understand the recipe much better yourself. Mm-hmm. And you can hear it from God himself when you read his words. Absolutely. I mean, and we really, as we start the new year, that's another great reminder. This is a great time. Start reading your Bible and start with the New Testament. Start in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. It, it, that's a great place to start, isn't it, Bill? Absolutely. Yes, it is. All right. Roger Ross, COO of Think Utility Services. How did you come to be a Jesus follower? Well, I was raised in a uh, a very good Christian home. I had great parents, but uh, like so many, I was rebellious. And I just really walked my own way. I ended up going in the military when I was 17, which was probably a really good thing. Got me away from a lot of people here locally that I needed to get away from. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when I got out, um, right back with my friends, except inside, I started wanting something different. And I began to think about all the things that I had heard as a boy growing up, the things that my parents had modeled for me. So I came to a point where I thought, I really need to know for myself. I grabbed the New Testament. I was working a midnight to eight shift. And I sat there and I began to read the scriptures. I was in a pretty bad relationship with a young lady. Got to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And for the first time, I really understood. I really understood that the way I was living and the things that I was doing were wrong and that there was going to be a consequence to it. And I didn't say a sinner's prayer. I didn't do anything. I just, in my heart, I said, God, whatever you want me to do, that's what I'll do. And immediately the things that I had believed became faith to me. My heart changed and I was never the same. Never. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. I I love that. You know, and, um, you know, common theme here, the Bible is a common theme and, um, get, I just, you know, when something you said, Jim, at the beginning of the show there is, um, giving our listeners permission, open it up for yourself, find out what God has to say and, and allow it to be absorbed (laughs) in your heart and what a life changing it can make. I mean, I can lie to you, but the scripture won't lie to you. Mm. That's powerful. Yeah. Well, I'd rather you not lie on the air, Roger, because this, <laughs> this is a Christian radio show. Hey, we are on location today at Think Utility Services right here. Is this Clearwater or St. Pete? We're, we're on this. Clearwater. It's Clearwater, right? Clearwater on 118th. Uh, check them out online, thinkutilityservices.com, thinkutilityservices.com, or on the phone, 888-MY-METER. We're going to hear the story of what Think Utility Services is all about, but of course, our first segment's always got to be all about Jesus. So, Bill Wolf, at what point in time then, if you had a co-worker from your dad's plumbing company really introduce you to Jesus, at what point in time did you make that connection between your faith and your work, and you realize that your work as a plumber really mattered to God? Right away. I mean, uh, as soon as I had gotten saved, I realized when God had, again, uh, took my life and ransacked it, just turned it upside down. I recognized that God wants the whole being. He wants all of us. And whatever we do, whether that was turning a wrench 
or in my relationship uh, soon thereafter, I got married about uh, 11 months later. Mm. God wants all of us. And, and I became very sold out to him early on. I certainly wish I could say that I've never had any faults or failures since then. I've had plenty of those. <laughs> We'd know you'd be lying if we, you said that. That's exactly right. But nonetheless, I, I've always sensed that God wanted the whole man. And uh, I've been you know, diligently working towards that. So work has always been a part of that and in all that we do. And so I'm very grateful that God had uh, turned my life upside down for that. Mm. Roger Ross, what about you? At what point in time did you make that connection between faith and work? I remember I had a a very definite point where that occurred. I was working as a technician at Honeywell. Uh, That was where I was reading the scriptures one evening, you know, babysitting equipment. (laughs) It probably took me about six months to a year. Things weren't going as well for me as I would have liked. And I really started to pray, God, what am I doing wrong? Why why am I having the issues that I'm having? And I started again, studying the scriptures. I began to read. I got to Colossians three, which is what, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Mm-hmm. And then basically first Peter two slaves in reverent fear, submit yourselves to God. And it goes on and it explains that whether you have a good person over you, whether you have a bad person mm-hmm. over you, your responsibility is to testify to them based on the way that you work. That changed my view, and I began diligently working from that point on, and that's been my habit ever since. Hmm. That's just fantastic. That the, Again, the Bible just exploded it for you. It did. Thank you for sharing that, and I hope that it just encourages our listeners to open up the Scripture for themselves. Look at Colossians 3. Um, it's quoted often when we're talking about our work because God is very specific in that chapter, and you said First Peter 2 and the whole slaves and masters that's conversation. Exactly right. yeah. Hey, you're listening to I Work For Him as we're on location today at Think Utility Services right here in Clearwater, Florida. Check them out online, thinkutilityservices.com, thinkutilityservices.com, or on the phone, 888-MY-METER, 888-MY-METER. Okay, so I want to ask this question. So people are like, Think Utility Services, well, yes, they're a brand new sponsor of I Work For Him, but longtime friends, Bill Wolf's been a mentor to me for many years. Bill, what is Think Utility Services all about? Well, what we are about is conserving water. And uh, many years ago, as I was doing work in apartment communities, one of the uh, latest and greatest things that were coming up back in probably the uh, early 90s was putting water meters on individual apartments throughout apartment communities. And we were doing a lot of apartments throughout the eastern United States doing repipes. And we ended up coming across this this new product that was out there, which was uh, requiring the uh, residents to be responsible for their own consumption in their own particular unit. And, you know, the old the old adage is, is what you don't measure doesn't get taken care of. You know, mm. so we tended to waste do different things. And as we uh, put meters in, we come to find out that people would save be anywhere between 25 to 40% on their master meter bill, just because you brought accountability back to the individual units. Wow. That's a huge number. And I, and I can see where that really relates because you're saying, Oh, you know, I'm going to have to you know, be responsible for this. I better turn it off sooner or whatever the case might be. Well, I love and that. you know, back then one meter for a complex or one meter for a building was pretty common. That's just that one main meter in, it was super easy. Just one main meter in and go. It still is. 
Still, I mean, yeah. they're still building stuff like that. Yeah. They are it's, really in some states. They they are. So those individual meters ended up bringing the accountability, and before you knew it, it became a really a launching pad for many big apartment communities to begin to uh, put these mat these individual meters on these complexes. Now it's gone as far as condominium associations and retail buildings such as strip stores and things of that nature mm -hmm. so that they can, you know, put the allocation of the water where it belongs. If mm -hmm. you can imagine having a commercial building and having numerous tenants there and having one restaurant yeah. that lets the water continue to run in a three compartment sink or what have you, it's a lot of wasted water. And, you know, the impact of that is, goes back to infrastructure, even if you think about it. You've got water mains and uh, sewer treatment plants and all of that that's all affiliated to this water usage. So it's really a win-win for the environment. It's a win-win for each of the individual owners. It's a win-win for the, the owner of that particular property. So it just brings accountability where accountability needs to go. Mm. Roger. Well, and when you think about what he said, 25 to 40% savings, you take an apartment community of 400 units, they're using well over a million gallons of water per month. You cut 25 to 40% out of a million gallons, you're not talking about a small or an insubstantial amount of water. You're talking about a huge amount of water. Yeah. He mentioned the infrastructure. Most uh, most utility infrastructure was built post-World War II up through about the 1990s. And since then, it's been buried under concrete, tar, you know, mm -hmm. houses, communities. <laughs> so trying to maintain that is incredibly expensive. If as a community, we could cut 25 to 40% of the wastewater that's going back out. Think of what the impact would be to all of us. Mm -hmm. Less taxes, less, less everything. Mm -hmm. it, you know, in every way, it benefits everyone to save water. I was thinking about that, that you're going to appeal to everybody, whether it's on a different level or not. Some may just, you know, financially looking at it and going, oh, if I can save money, I'm all in for that. Um, looking at the environment, if I can save water, if I can help the impact, if I can help the infrastructure, if I can help the city. You know, there's just so many levels there that you're impacting. What kind of response do you get when you, when you, um, you know, go in and, and do a big complex? Well, the, the response is awesome, is awesome once they understand it. Uh, a lot of it is the explanation yeah. and letting them understand it. Unfortunately, as a management group, it's probably low on their priority list at first <laughs> because they don't understand it. So mm -hmm. what you don't understand, you don't cater to. So the more that the educational process is, is developed and the more that other complexes do it and really bring money to their bottom line because mm -hmm. they're taking their overhead and just shaving that because what they're doing is we're allocating the cost to those that are using it. So it really does impact the bottom line, but it's an educational process. And as folks understand the educational process, then they begin to delve into it and they think, wow, we should have done this many years ago. Mm -hmm. So we do educational programs. Roger's got a number of them going out over this next couple of few months where we do like a free luncheon and that kind of thing to where if folks wanted to come, they certainly could call our office and get, you know, get lined up to be able to come to a free luncheon for us. And there, there's a little bit more of the educational process that happens during that free luncheon. I can imagine that that communication is huge because if somebody were to just say, well, you're going to start paying for your water, you know, we're changing your leases or whatever, that that, that could be very, you know, they could be very defensive against that. But if they say, 
because now we won't have to bill you a higher number to cover it. See that. Sorry, I was, I was saying, we're, we're talking today with Bill Wolf and Roger Ross mm-hmm. from Think Utility Services. Check them out online, thinkutilityservices.com. They got great faith stories and they got a great business model that is really all about stewardship of the resources that God entrusts us with. Check them out online, thinkutilityservices.com or at 888-MY-METER, 888-MY-METER. Roger. You know, with apartment management companies, they, they always feel pressure to have to raise rent. And so now you're faced with a decision. Can we raise rent or can we somehow reduce cost and keep our rent stable? And there's not many places to save costs. There isn't. Mm. But now you cut 20 to 40% out of your water budget. All of a sudden, for the first time, I don't have to raise rent. Now I'm more market competitive. Everything begins to work better for me. It is an educational process, but normally once they understand the economics of it, most people are ready to roll. But it really is a raising of rent because now you're allocating those water costs to the renter. Well, that is true. However, going forward, once they've done that, if they raise rent, it actually returns profit to them as opposed to just simply trying to cover the cost of escalating utilities. If you don't realize it, utilities are going up constantly. Right. And, you know, the way that's traditionally been done by both condominiums and apartments, they attempt a budget for that, but all kinds of things happen to break the budget. They could have a, people can over consume. That can be one of the greatest things mm-hmm. that happen. If you haven't compensated for that, the next thing you know, you're shelling out thousands of dollars trying to compensate for overconsumption or the utility can raise rates. Once they do that, you haven't budgeted for that. You have no way of compensating for it. So as a complex owner, as a business owner or a, 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 yeah, a business owner or leader that uses a lot of water, whether it's a complex, like you said, a strip mall bill or a condominium complex, uh, you know, any kind of business that's using a lot of water that, that has multiple units, this is a great way also to uncover where you've got water leakage, things like that. Our, our homeowners complex, had yeah. we only had one meter for the entire complex of 30 units. I'm not telling you where I live because I don't want my water rates to go up because I'm anyway, that's a long story. Um, but we had a water leak that was so significant that when we finally found it, it took forever to get up to the ground. But it took forever to do it. But if we'd had individual water meters, we'd have known it wasn't the people that it was before the complex. That is exactly the And it was a $6,000 a year savings once they fixed the water pipe. But it was on the city side. Yeah. But I, but I want to just ask this before we go to the break. So let's talk about that for the people that are listening and they live in some kind of a multi-unit or they rent a business in a multi-unit. Um, how can they then get this back to the people that can help make decisions? Call well, you, reach out on your website. Yeah, it's it's actually very easy. If you contact us, what we would do first is we would come out, actually take a look at the community, make sure that submeters can actually be installed. Mm-hmm. Plumbing might prohibit it, although there are systems now that can almost accommodate anything. Once that's done, now you have a solid number. Then, using a condominium association as an example, we would meet with the board, give them a quick presentation, half hour. We actually... Because with condominiums, usually it takes time. There there have to be votes and mm-hmm. meetings. And so I've done many community <laughs> meetings where I started with the board, then met with the community, sometimes over a year or even two years. Mm-hmm. And then finally, they make the transition. So, you know, from that standpoint, it's as simple as making a call. We'll be as involved or as not involved as you want us to be. So, Bill, this is really a stewardship thing. When we look at, as Christ followers out there in the marketplace, this is a stewardship item, isn't it? It absolutely is. 
it it begins you know it it almost uh it reminds me of our christ walk our christ walk is what a disciplined walk i can't live an undisciplined life and be a christ follower because i'm going to slip away the same thing with budgets and running businesses and our households we have to have discipline and and uh watching all bills that come into your household or into your business. It's about living a disciplined life. So, you know, this goes right along with, you know, everything that we try to do is to hold a high standard and live a disciplined life. We're talking again with Bill Wolf and Roger Ross from Think Utility Services, brand new sponsors of I Work For Him, and they can help you guys save money. Check them out online, thinkutilityservices.com. You know, we're always looking for great stories that connect faith and work out there in the marketplace. And I don't think we've ever talked to anybody from a water metering service company, people that love Jesus that want to help you save water. Now, Martha, you had a problem with something I said in the last segment. Well, I just, you kind of ingest, you were talking about a leak we had had in our neighborhood and you ingest were like, I don't want to tell Bill where I live because I don't want my rates to go up. That you weren't talking about in return in refer- reference to Think Utility Services because I think we're actually quite intrigued and we do want to get this before our board and find out whether this is something that we can take av- advantage of in our neighborhood. So I just wanted to, <laughs> you, I don't, I don't really know where your brain was going. But, I know exactly um, where it was okay. going because we get like 15 people that are never there that are helping pay our water bill. So if we just then we just have to pay our water bill instead of letting 15 other people help. But, you know, we've had this conver- I get what you're saying. So one of the things, though, um, with that is we've had that same conversation with re- reference to the garbage and the other things in the neighborhood that we don't have any control over that they come in, they charge, you know, us one rate because whether people are there or not. So how do you guys overcome that when you're talking with that? Well, well, there's two things that, that come to point on this and, and I'm going to refer it to Roger in just a moment because he has a example of a vacant unit that you thought no water would have been going through the meter gym. However, there was many water, many gallons of water going through the meter in this particular complex that we took over in Tampa just a couple of years ago. So do you want to go ahead and use that example? Yeah, of- that, that he's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. You know, too. And the key word that you said is control. Mm-hmm. How do you gain control? You were concerned because you had a water leak and you had no way of figuring out what, why, when and how it was taking place. Installing individual meters gives you control. In this case, it was a community that had meters, but they weren't reading them. (laughs) We started reading the meters and we found a vacant, it was condominium vacant unit that was consuming between 50 and 100,000 gallons of water per month. Oh my. And that's 50 to 100,000 gallons that everyone in that community was paying for as part of their monthly fees. As soon as we saw that, we were able to stop it. The, you know, the condominium association forced the door. We go in, we fix the issue. Now that's a hundred thousand that's coming out of their budget. What was leaking? Yeah, I was just curious. Truthfully, toilets. Toilet. Toilet. It was just an open, an open swirl, and that's not uncommon. We see that all the time. Sure, in Florida, we have so many seasonal people, people that come and go, and they have no idea. And I know we have neighbors that do everything from putting plastic wrap around their toilet so it doesn't evaporate and run and, you know, all kinds of different things to try to avoid wasting water. But I am sure that there's a lot of people that just shut the door and leave and don't do a thing. Many people do and exactly they that. have no idea. Yeah. But wow. you know what? I would even say this too. Homeowners, you know, you're there. Yeah. Many times you don't understand nope. that you have a toilet leak. Yep. The only way that you can really know is to put 
dye tablets in the back and see if color begins coming down in the bowl. People are always shocked when we find leaks, but it happens all the time. You know, water doesn't always make a noise. Right. Mm. When you had how many gallons go through your community? Six thousand oh. dollars worth. It was of bubbling up out of the ground. So. But for a long time, it went down. Yeah, that's correct. Not up. That's correct. And that's not uncommon. All right. We've so, gotten really good at replacing the seals on toilets because Florida water is tough. It's, it is hard. It's rough on it, and um, a lot of people get lazy. It just like, did, yeah, that toilet runs all the time. One, yeah. I replaced one on our Iowa trip the last time. My daughter's <laughs> had one that was leaking. Well, well, and again, if you think about it, if I live in a condo. And I'm not paying for the water. Mm-hmm. I'm not paying attention to what's going on. Yeah. If I get a water bill and it's 20% more than it's been, I'm going to start looking around in my unit and saying, what's what's going on? There's yeah. something that's affecting it. And it may be a slight leak in a, in a water closet or toilet. And um, if that's the case, then a dye tablet or something like that yep. would do. But you're not going to notice those types of things, especially yeah. if you live in a two bathroom unit and the other bathrooms away from your master be- right. bedroom or something of that nature. So there, there's a lot of other benefits to having a meter installed mm-hmm. other than just me saving money. All right. So I want, I want to, I want to put a spiritual spin on this because we are, this is the, I work for him radio program. So, you know, and, and being good stewards of what we've been given, let's just put the question back to you guys. Okay. It's 2019. I'm going to take the conversation away from water for just a minute. Cause I want to, this is the question I wanted to ask oh, when yeah. we came back, but I want to Martha, wait until I want to, Jim asked I want I wanted Martha to be able to yell at me because she didn't like what I said in the last <laughs> segment. <on> <laughs> it's 2019. Which, what, which part of your life do you see that the Lord is honing in to shape more in the image of Jesus here this year, Roger Ross? Mm. Mine's probably a little bit unique. I've gone through a period of time in the last, well, several years where uh, I went through a great destruction in my family, uh, a lot of pain, a lot of issues. And I would love to tell you that I did everything right and that I came out of it squeaky clean. But the truth of the matter is it definitely degraded my faith. You know, when I got up on January 1st, what I said to myself is, from this day forward, I don't want to be the man that I was yesterday. Mm -hmm. Anything that I need to put right with Christ, I want to do it in this year. And that's been my goal. And that's going to continue to be my goal. And I'm fortunate. Bill and I have worked together for many, many years. We pray every morning together. And uh, the reality is having the accountability and having someone that challenges you in your faith forces you to do those sorts of things. But the reality is I want to be right with Christ. Look, I'm 56 years old. My next stage is probably, you know, going to be moving on into glory at some point. I just want to well, make sure. Well, that's a guarantee. You're it good. is okay. a guarantee. At some point. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So the truth is being right today yeah. guarantees my future tomorrow. Mm. Powerful. Bill, what about you? What, what's the Lord working on in your life in 2019? What, what part of you is still got a little rough edges that the Lord needs to smooth out? Well, you know, uh, I, th- I think that uh, my patience needs to be corrected a little bit more. And uh, certainly, uh, you know, God calls us uh, to deeper waters all the time. Mm. And it, I'm no different. He's calling me into deeper waters. I'm excited about what's going on with being able to do min- more ministry related things over this next year or so. And uh, I think it's going to be an be exciting more outside time. of work ministry things because... inside and outside of work. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Like what would that be? 
Well, we're we're getting involved in helping build some churches uh, throughout the country, you know, throughout the world. Actually, we're uh, going and uh, looking at some stuff in Africa. I was in Africa about four months ago on a couple of churches that were built out there. And that was an exciting trip. And I'm really excited about being able to help in some other countries to, you know, uh, you know, put the gospel forth. I mean, there's many places that are all over the world that have not heard the gospel and they don't have congregations to be able to lift up Christ. And I'm excited about being a part of that, you know, rather than just looking at our own house, you know, going beyond. So I'm really excited about those kind of opportunities that are presenting themselves. Mm-hmm. Very cool. All right. So Think Utility Services. We're talking to Bill Wolf and Roger Ross. These guys run Think Utility Services. Love for you to check it out online. ThinkUtilityServices.com. ThinkUtilityServices.com. You can also go to iWorkForHim.com. Go down to the sponsor page and click on their link there. Or you can get hold of them at 888-MY-METER. 888-MY-METER. Who's your who's your ideal client for Think Utility Services? When you look at the people that you love to serve, and it's part of your work ministry, well, who is that ideal client? Condominium uh, associations, apartment management companies, and management companies that manage retail establishments. <clears throat> In when your you case, say retail establishments, you're talking like strip centers, strip centers, strip yeah, malls. or okay. malls. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the reality is they need control as well. Uh, the example that Bill gave earlier was a great one. You've got somebody that has a restaurant here. They have a Hallmark card company here. These guys are using very little water, and these guys are using a great deal. How do you how do you deal with that? How do you allocate those expenses? So, you know, from the, the standpoint of a condominium management company, I'm going to come to you, and I'm going to say, look, how can you gain control over your budget? How can you stabilize it? And then I'm going to show you how to do that. And I was just going to ask, is that just here in Tampa? No. We service the entire United States. Yeah, everywhere. Wow. Yeah, we have technicians actually uh, in many other states that we okay. use as well, and they're employees of our company. How do you read the meters in another state? I mean, how are you reading those meters? Well, most in, in any system that we install, we're using radio frequency equipment, mm-hmm. so we're able to read it remotely. Believe it or not, we go into a community, install individual meters, hook a transmitter up to each one of them, put a small receiving station. And then it begins feeding the information back to us. We have servers here that receive that. And then the data is parceled out and used uh, for billing. So that part of it, from a technical standpoint, is actually, well, it seems easy to me. <laughs> I've done it for a long time. But, you know, it's, it's mostly automated. But believe it or not, we probably have, I mean, I would say thousands of units where we still have human flip open a meter box and read a meter because they're older meters that right. were installed 20 years ago. And so that's where having technicians all over uh, comes to your advantage. You schedule a technician, he shows up on the site, he begins walking the property, opening meter boxes, moving the snakes out of the way, <laughs> pumping the water out in Florida, and then yeah. he reads the meter. Or shoveling snow if you're yeah, up it's, north. That's exactly There's right. different Scraping things. The ice away. That's, that's, that's exactly right. right. So um, so if, if uh, somebody's listening and they... Um, you don't necessarily have somebody established in their city. That doesn't mean that they're not a good candidate because oh, if they have all. a complex, you can come no. in and do the work and it would be something that would be. I have a solution controlled. for everyone. Yeah. Well, and you and are the get it done guy. Yes. <laughs> see how that works. <laughs> no, I know I we've that. got, I know we've got new listeners in Alaska. What about Alaska? How do you guys feel about Alaska? Well, you know, the thing is, that's where you want to hire bears, really, because that's, (laughs) you know, for meter reading, they're quite good at it. 
trained no. bears. Well, let me let me say the continental United States. Okay. Let's right. qualify that. All right. Well, I just want to, I just want to make sure because we had somebody joined the nation the other day from Alaska, and I'm like, well, I just want to make sure. Okay. So, Bill, when you look at the ministry that you call Think Utility Services, mm-hmm. people can find it online, thinkutilityservices.com. Really quick, how do you see your faith? playing out a little bit here in Think Utility Services. And we'll come back at it when we come back, but give me a quick peek at that. Well, the first thing is, is, uh, you know, the Word of God says He wants us to treat others the way we want to be treated, right? I mean, that's really what Christ is, what Christ did, right. okay? To uh, and, and the ability to be able to do that with the employees, each, of, each and all the employees, each of those customers, management team to management team, treating one another with respect, loving them, and, and in their difficult times, being there to pray with them, being there to assist them. You know, we ended up having a gentleman who had an accident the other day in his car, and, and you know, he needed some additional help because of a $1,000 deductible. We were able to step in and do some things for him to assist him through that. I mean, we're doing life together, right? And at the end of the day, when you do life together, you want to you want to act as if when Christ was with you, what would he do? And that's what it's all about here at Think Utility Services. ThinkUtilitieServices.com, ThinkUtilitieServices.com, or 888-MY-METER, 888-MY-METER. We've got Bill Wolf. He's the owner. And Roger Ross, he's the COO. These guys work with people all across the country who own apartment complex, manages apart, manage apartment complex, manage strip centers, mixed-use uh, buildings, as well as condominium complexes, trying to help them save money on water. So Think Utility Services is really a ministry, Roger Ross. Talk to me. Who's that ideal client for you guys again? Be condominium associations, apartment management companies, and management companies that manage retail strip centers okay. or malls. And how do you see, how have you seen your faith play out in, in the conversations you guys have with, with clients? How often do you get a chance to see God working in your work life with your customers? Truthfully, I think it's like in any arena of life you're always going to turn a corner and there's going to be someone there that has a need and that is at that point in their life open to talking to you about things of faith. And then it's up to you as a Christian to take the step. And that's going to happen in every arena of life. But I will give you a specific example. There's a particular property developer um, that I'm aware of. He's a friend of mine. And I remember the first time we sat down, he was telling me about a uh, community he was about to build here in Largo. And uh, we began talking about things of faith. The next thing you know, we find out we're both Christians. That created a bond between us. Mm-hmm. And those sorts of experiences happen all the time. I would think if you're open as a believer, that's going to happen in every arena of your life. It should. Bill, what about you? How often have you seen the Lord just show himself in your work here at Think Utility Services with the clients that you have and things like that? Uh, n- numerous times. You know, I, th- I think uh, before you can um, really share your faith. The, the saying that I had heard from a pastor of mine years ago was people don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. That's right. So the reality is, is we're called to be compassionate, loving, allow the Holy spirit to work through us. And then as opportunities present themselves with that, as Roger spoke about earlier, 
is that's the opportunity to go ahead and share, you know, what what God may be doing in your life or for them. But I think it's just being loving and compassionate, you know, and I'm reminded to myself even what would Christ do if he was here? You know, how would he act when I'm interfacing with a person or when I'm driving down the road or when I'm being environmentally sensitive or whatever I'm doing? So the key, I think, is, is if we can remind ourselves that Christ is, in fact, living in us, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of obvious, but sometimes we tend to get off track. And uh, and as we do, he has a purpose for our lives and he wants to live that purpose through us. Sometimes, in fact, many times Bill gets in the way and, and stifles that. But when I stop getting in the way and you're I allow not perfect, that, far from it. But the reality is, is the more I recognize how imperfect I am, the more God has an opportunity to use us. And, and he doesn't really want to use people that have got it all together. He wants mm. to use people that are broken and messed up like the four of us here That's today. That's for sure. Yeah. That's for sure. Now, Roger, we've focused a lot on water meters because it seems like that's a common thing. But do you guys do other kinds of uh, utility meter fixing? Any utility, gas, electric. Uh, I can even come up with methods for allocating the costs of HVAC systems. So let's say you had a high rise and you had a chiller boiler up on the roof. I can easily come up with systems that will help distribute those costs and allow you to pass them to the rest. So for the people that are you know, air conditioning yeah. at 65 versus the ones doing it at <clears throat> well, 80. Well, it's not as common here, but you get up into the mid-Atlantic or the Northeast, it's very common for them to build a high-rise and they just put a, a mass boiler up on the roof in a chiller system and they provide hot and cold air that way. So how do they allocate those costs? Uh, with lots of experience. So there's that. buildings where there's not individual electric meters too? Oh, yeah. Oh, and, my goodness. And yes. gas meters, too? Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's again. why I went to write the water, because our complex, it's, you know, everybody has just, there's just one water meter for Well, there is complex. no gas, and right. we all have it, yeah. But you have to think of other regions of the country. Sure. So, for instance, uh, get into the mid-Atlantic region, where they've had gas and electric for years. They're using it for heat and for other things. And then look at buildings that were built in the 1950s yeah. or 1940s. I even, I remember a building I worked on that was built in the 1800s. Wow. And so now they have all these, back then gas would have been very inexpensive. They could have cared less. Mm -hmm. Just pipe it up to the units, make it part of the rent. Not the case anymore. I think, go ahead. And even our, even our building here, we've done some sub uh, dividing of Mm -hmm. the building. Mm -hmm. So when we do a subdividing of the building, we put a sub panel in there. We still have a master meter, but we have a couple of different tenants in the building. So we're able to put what they call a CT collar on the, the, the electric that's going to that sub part of the building. And then you can then take the electric and then create an electric bill off of that. I was so actually thinking of like the places where there's a lot of older, huge homes that have been turned into office complexes Absolutely, and where that could be just a nightmare yeah. for the owner, but you can come in and help parse that out. I remember one specific uh, building. It was a high rise. I'm going to say 20 stories high. 
and um, everyone had common electric, wow. everyone. Wow. And so the goal was to go in and install individual electric meters, but it's more common than you think. It depends on the age of the I building. I can't imagine what that saved that complex. Oh, I can't imagine what they were paying to begin with. That's just hard to even wrap your head around. That. All right, let's go back to my opening premise. Okay, the, the, this is really, what you're talking about doing is helping people be environmentally responsible, yes. whether it's gas, electric, or water. I mean, you're really helping people be good stewards. Yeah. It should be representative of everything. If we're Christ followers, it should be our lives should should just breathe this stuff naturally out. Yet this conversation about being environmentally friendly has become an antithesis to being a Jesus follower because the environmentalists tend not to be Jesus followers. How do you balance that? Yeah, I, I tend to think from the Christian perspective, the reason that we struggle is because you have a segment of the environmental community that is extreme. Uh, that segment tends to be, uh, they tend to not be believers. Uh, in fact, if anything, they tend to abuse and make fun of people that are people of faith. So that creates a disconnect. Now, this goes all the way back to what Bill said earlier, doing to others as you want them to do to you. Mm-hmm. Truthfully, there are many points that we would all agree on. I, I walk 25 miles a week. I love to go through the park. I love to look at the lake. Do I want to look at a lake that is filled with oil and polluted and trash? Obviously not. None of us want that. I don't care if you're over on the extreme left environmentalist side, over on the extreme right Christian you know, side. It doesn't matter. We all agree on that. Rather than treating each other with abuse on either side, the best thing for us to do is to find the common ground. The common ground is we all want clean air. We all want clean water. We all want an environment that's beautiful and friendly. Everybody wants that. Those are shared goals. Mm -hmm. And the problem is we don't do that. I mean, it's the same thing that we see in politics now. Everybody tends to scream and no one wants to listen. Mm -hmm. Mm. It's sad for sure. Those are some really good points about coming, finding the reason they might have different motivations. But ultimately, do we want water everybody bottles wants, floating in our Gulf of Mexico? No. Everybody wants to walk in that park and mm-hmm. see a clean lake. Yeah. Everybody wants that. Yeah. Mm. So, Bill, if you were to dream at boy, where you'd like to see the Lord take Think Utility Services in the next four or five years as you really see the Lord working, what are you hoping to see? Well, you know, I, I think that uh, as we continue to grow the company and, and uh, affect, you know, positive change in the world that we live in, uh, I think that, you know, continuing to help different communities save water is huge to us. You know, it's it's one of the few things that you find in this world that's really a win-win. There's mm-hmm. nobody who ends up losing on this, on the scale. The residents or the tenants, if you would, they win because they're controlling their monthly cost for rent and what their expenses are. The ownership of the building, they save because of their limiting what their liability is and so forth. So everybody wins. The infrastructure wins, you know, uh, as we talked about early in the program. So that's exciting. Uh, what I'd love to do is, is continue to do things that are, uh, are, are throughout the world continue to affect change in third world countries. You know, I go to third world countries. As I mentioned earlier, I went to a third world country in Africa and you see the devastation and the, and the lack of good, clean water. You know, we are really a blessed nation for sure. You know, me being raised as a third generation plumber, I certainly understand 
the value of, of good, safe water conditions. And it helps continue to motivate me every day. And isn't it true that there is clean water available? They just don't know how to get it out of the ground and up above the ground, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, that they need help. They need help. And, and hopefully all of us can contribute to that. Mm. Roger, any last thoughts? You know what? <clears throat> and my job is to help him do that. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm his COO. It's good to have your, your best friend as your boss. Mm. I love that. We've been on location at Think Utility Services today with Bill Wolf and Roger Ross. Love for you to check them out online, thinkutilityservices.com, thinkutilityservices.com, or 888-MY-METER, 888-MY-METER. Bill and Roger, thank you for being on I Work For Him today. Thank you. Thank you. Been a lot of fun. Thinkutilityservices.com. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I I work work for him. him. 